When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We would be honored if you would join us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface this video by saying I'm not writing anything down. I'm just jumping right into it. Watched the movie two days ago, and this is not going to be as well thought out and clean and clear and crisp as my Star Wars breakdown videos. So enjoy. What's up, guys? Here's my Rebel Moon review. If you were here during the watch party for my Rebel Moon Rebel Moon watch party, then you kind of got like a glimpse of my initial reaction. And if you haven't seen it, you can check it out on the channel. Link below. So let's get into it. Okay, so this film, we're going to go good and bad, what I did and didn't like. And these are just my opinions, so don't get bent out of shape, all right? This film combines some of my favorite films, the stories all into one, okay? You got Seven Samurai, you got Lord of the Rings, you got Harry Potter, you got Star Wars, right? And then you have like some video game stuff and whatever else thrown in there. Essentially, let me give you the quick rundown of what this film's about. Very Star Wars-esque. And if you didn't know, it was pitched originally as a Star Wars film to Lucasfilm. They denied it. And Zack Snyder, who I really love, Man of Steel, his other movies, they're okay. But Man of Steel is like amazing. I really like that movie. He went on to do this with Netflix, and there's a, it's two parts. So the first part really is a seven samurai kind of thing. So the Empire, which is called the Empire, comes down to this planet of farmers. They essentially say, hey, we want all of your farmland, we want all of your soil, we want all of your crops and your grains. And they're like, no. So he kills the main guy, main imperial guy, kills the main guy with all of their might and power that they come there with all their guns and everything. The army comes in. And the main guy of the village of the planet with the farmers kills the main farmer. Everyone freaks out, village freaks out, and then they're like, okay, look, we have to pony up the grains. So they say, okay, we'll see you in 10 weeks. And the empire leaves a bunch of imperial soldiers who are real disgusting schmuck men. So the village decides to farm really hard and prove their worth to the empire so they would be spared. In the meantime, the imperial soldiers that are left on the planet try to take advantage of one of the girls, a young girl. And so the main chick, the main character, who's a girl, takes her axe and she beats the crap out of literally every soldier, which is, to me, was unbelievable and unlikely. These guys are like just massive, jacked, trained imperial warriors and with guns. And she just beats the crap out of all of them. Now, her backstory is she was also an imperial. She was extremely trained. She was very good at her craft. And there was a love story there at that one point. The guy died. She was very upset. And she eventually became disillusioned with the Empire and went on her own way. And she was a child of war. So she's always known war. So she has backstory. At least it's not like Ray, where it's just like, here you go. You know, there's actual story there. However, I just think it was kind of unlikely that she would beat the crap out of all of them. I didn't enjoy the choreography. 
I think, you know, when they were, you know, swinging stuff, they were like going over them so that they wouldn't hit them and whatnot. You know, I'm a prequel guy. I'm used to the prequels and the sword fights. If you you weren't ready, you get whacked real hard in the face. And that's just choreography, down to the choreography there. So it, it took me out of the film like that. The, there was a lot of slow-mo that took me out of the film. And I feel like it was building momentum nicely. And then there was this so much slow-mo that just takes you completely out. And it slows the momentum of where the director is leading you. So it's a little too much for me. But I guess he thinks it looks cool. That's his thing. Whatever. For me... I'm not a fan. So eventually she she saves the day. She saves the girl. She goes on this journey to find a bunch of other rebel leaders, you know, of their own right. We find a gladiator. We find a leader of some group, some tribe. We find Charlie Hunnam's character who was in some bar. And then we got like the straggler dude who's just kind of honestly kind of like a loser and very wimpy from the village. And we got a few others that I can't really remember, to be honest. But anyways... The whole story is essentially her finding a crew of admirable and honorable warriors and people. So it's interesting. I was into it. The first half to maybe three quarters of the film, I'm like, all right, this is cool. I like this. You know, you got you got a bit of Harry Potter in there with the hippogriff. The guy has to bow to it, which literally is like a rip off of a lot of different, literally a rip. I mean, it's called the Imperials and the Rebels, literally. So it's, you know, not super unique, but that's fine. Whatever. I'm here for the story, right? So... We go and find this band of people. And then we get to the point where they're all captured and the Empire comes in to capture them. They end up getting freed. She is so overpowered, the main chick, and she just kind of beats everybody. Just no problem. You know, she never gets really hurt or shot or anything like that. She just blaster bolts are whizzing by her. She's okay. And it's just kind of unbelievable to me, you know, that that somebody is that freaking proficient at dodging and just has a horseshoe up their ass the whole movie I'm like okay you know like luke skywalker failed so many times anakin skywalker failed so many times these are characters that are believable because they fail and, if, and even in the end they still fail right this chick doesn't fail she just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning so for me i feel like it was just kind of too unbelievable in a lot of senses anyway she fights the main boss the main imperial bad guy he kicks his ass she throws him overboard this floating little platform thing and he falls to his death to his doom he gets resurrected and saved by the empire the he has some sort of like vision sequence with the king of the empire i suppose or something and is told that, hey, if you do not succeed in bringing this traitor, this woman, the main girl, to me or to the Empire, I'm capturing her, killing her, then I'm going to torture you. And it that was sort of like his motivation. And I was thinking, well, couldn't it be something maybe a little bit bigger at stake here that would be, you know, a little more important? Like, oh, no, <laughs> he gets tortured. Well, we want him to die anyways. So, you know, for him, I think there would be maybe something more at stake, perhaps like cares more about the Empire. It's like, well, maybe she has... Heck, why not rip it from A New Hope? Maybe she has the plans to destroy the whole empire. Okay, let's go for that, right? But no, it's just, let's just find her, otherwise you die. And so the movie ends with them going back home to the village, and then we see the there was a robot that the empire brought in in the very beginning that I didn't mention because I forgot, but he was actually really cool. He's a cool character, and he like ended up working with the village to kind of save the day a little bit and had the, the final shot to kill the the general that was left there, one of the generals that was left on the planet, and save the girl who he kind of had a bond with. And we see him at the end of the film. We didn't see him anymore. We see him at the end of the film on the planet, and he's sort of like become this, like a warrior in the jungle sort of thing with like antlers on his head of an elk or a deer. And um, 
he's just looking at the camera and then the scene ends, the movie ends. And so the movie was, for the first half I was interested, I was invested, except for the parts that took me out, of course, like the slow-mo, the slow-mo and the chick just beating the crap out of literally everybody, every man that came across, she just annihilated them. There was that. And also, you know, I just, I just feel like it was too much exposition. The whole thing, right? And at the end, when they kind of like blew up the base of the Empire, one of the bases on this planet, they were like, oh, you know, we've made a stand here today. We've, this is an act of defiance. This is, this is going to strike hope into a lot of people. Literally just like a rip off of Andor or a rip off of Star Wars. It's, it's inspired by, I can say. And I didn't hate the film, but I just felt like there were a lot of things where I'm like, Ugh, really? Okay, fine, whatever. But maybe in episode two, we can actually, and you know what? That's what it is, dude. It's like we're constantly having to go through like season one of a show or episode one of a movie or something to finally get to like the, to the actual thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure we can speed that along somehow in some sort of way and still have the same level of exposition. But we can do it maybe by increasing the movie's length by another 45 minutes and adding more story or more action or more climax or whatever it might be. Whereas here sometimes it's, it's you know, with the shows like on Disney Plus, for example, not to compare this to Disney Plus, but we get, you know, something that's three episodes worth story-wise dragged out into eight to 12 episodes. In this movie, I feel like it was very similar. There was maybe something that could have been done within, eh, let's say, 45 minutes was dragged out for like probably, I'd say, an hour and 45 minutes. And the last 15 minutes was pretty much just the climax of the film where they fight. And it was just like an anticlimactic kind of fight. It was like, okay, you know, tons of slow-mo. Let's pretty much kill off a lot of the dudes. And the girl bosses just keep winning. And it's like, well, all right, cool, man. But, you know, I'm, I'm, can we have some guys win too now? I, I know we've, we've had it for so many years, but how about we have some equality, right? How about we have some both? And I just think that would have been a little more realistic. Whereas in this case, it was just so much of... Um, she just was so good at everything. She was just beating the shit out of everybody and like shooting everybody. There were so many openings for her to die and she didn't. She didn't get shot. She didn't get whacked. She didn't get hit. Nothing. And to that, I'm like, makes it unbelievable, right? So, you know, one thing movie making wise, I think like is just so lame in choreography moments when they swing, instead of like swinging straight, they swing, they go up and you can kind of see this arc like, well, you're not really trying to hit them. You're, you're missing in case the actor messes up. And, you know, to mitigate that, you either have a better choreographer, you either practice more with your actors, or you just do it in CG or something like that, where it just looks more real. Like, this is a real fight. Like, they're trying to take each other's heads off, you know? It just takes you out of the film. And anything that takes you out of the film and breaks that level of immersion, in the end, will take the person and give them a it'll, it'll give the film a lower rating in my opinion because it just you're constantly being taken out and blue balled from this immersion that you're enjoying and I feel the film did do a great job of the immersion for me in the first half of the film and then it just started to drag on a little too long it was jumping from too many characters and it jumped around way too much I think and instead of focusing on kind of the main deal it was just focusing on the sort of almost backstory and character development of each new character that we were bringing in. And if you're going to do that, then I feel like, you know, we need another hour to the film or we need you to do it faster. Cut out some of the fluff that we don't need so that we get to knowing all the characters, at least as much as we can, within about 45 minutes. But this is why the Seven Samurai movie is so long is because it takes time to build these characters. You have all these characters, you got to build their backstories. So 
have a longer runtime, you know, and I guess maybe the director's cut will have that, but but no, because we get to the ending, we just need a shorter exposition of those characters, and we need a little more of the climax. I didn't like the ending. The, the battle or whatever it was, was too lame for me. They're captured, and then all of a sudden she's free, and then she's like shooting everybody, and she's just annihilating. It's, it was just too, a little too convenient for me. A little too girl bossy, a little too OP, and I don't want to say Mary Sue because she had a backstory already, but kind of. Like if it was a dude, you'd say the same thing, like Gary Stu. So, you know, I don't want to hear that sort of rhetoric going around. But yeah, look, I mean, I give the film like a 6 out of 10. And again, I like Zack Snyder's films. Zack Snyder seems like a fine guy. I don't know. I don't know him, but um, I haven't heard anything horrible about him. Seems like he wanted to create something that he thought of when he was a kid after being inspired by Star Wars. And he did that. However, he included a lot of other things in there from Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and, uh, you know, the Turok character, for example, right? Like he literally bowed to the hippogriff. There's a hippogriff. He literally bowed to it. When you're going to do something like that, you have to at least change the character so it doesn't look like a hippogriff. Change it to a dragon, change it to a giant lizard, change it to whatever, and maybe incorporate some other way to kind of humbly go around and show yourself to this beast and tell it that you're you're okay, you're not going to hurt it, instead of bowing because it's already been so done, but it's been so done in something that's so huge like Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. So other than that, you know, the movie was fine. It's it's just, it's, if you hate the movie, then, you know, you can't really like any of the other films that you've enjoyed because it literally pulls from all of those, pulls all the tropes and all the stories and everything from all of those films. So it's like, okay, it's literally just taking the stuff that we love and using it, right? And jumbling it all together, which is fine if it was just a little bit faster or there was longer runtime and the ending wasn't so anticlimactic with the dude returning. Like, either stay dead or bring in some new bigger bad guy who is going to make the scene even more terrifying and bring around for the next one. Like, with, um, what was it, Guardians of the Galaxy, or was it Avengers, the first Avengers? It was Ronan, right? Big bad. And then Thanos comes in. Like, oh, shit, it's Thanos. Oh, my God, this guy should have been Ronan. Then Thanos should have came in. That would have been much better. They could have had him, you know, radioing in with some bigger bad dude higher up in the Empire. Why not? You know, they did that with Dune, and I think that worked really, really well. And now that guy's coming out, and he's going to be badass in Dune too. So we're looking forward to that. So there's a lot that I think could have been done if it was just tweaked a little bit, and they didn't make the girl boss so OP. So at the end of the day, you know, that's my review of the film. 6 out of 10, 6.5 out of 10 if I'm being generous. And uh, yeah, it needs to slow down on the slow motion, chill out on the slow motion. But other than that, yeah. It was fine. It was enjoyable. It probably looks amazing when I watch it downstairs in the theater, but I watched it on my computer here with you guys. So let me know what you think of the film. If you enjoyed it, let me know why. If you didn't, let me know why. Are you going to watch part two? Are you going to watch the director's cut? Are you going to watch the, the director's director's cut? I think he's going to have a few versions of this film, but why not just include it in the first one? You know what I mean? That's my review of Rebel Moon. Not quite new Star Wars in my opinion, but yeah, fair enough. Better than some of the other crap that we've been getting in Hollywood, but also quite similar, if that makes any sense. Hope you have a great day. Thanks for watching my review, and I'll see you in the next video.